turn around and do the whole thing remotely so you don't have to leave your home. Get in touch with us at pod617.com. Tonight on an all-new Monsterland, we still home. New format, who dis? Factor Falcon, which actually may be an actual Falcon. And our guest tonight, I'm not saying who it is, but his name rhymes with Lonnie Shashmank. <laughs> Sometimes the one you love has been right in front of you the whole time, and you didn't even know it. Let's go! Go! Welcome to a wicked mystery. A paranormal perfect storm known simply as Monsterland. The Monsterland podcast is recorded live in an undisclosed location somewhere in the heart of high strangeness, just outside of Monsterland, Massachusetts. And now, here are your hosts from Travel Channel's Expedition Bigfoot, author researcher Ronnie LeBlanc, and from History's The Curse of Oak Island Drilling Down, actor host Maddie Blake. Hello, Ronald. Hello, Matthew. What's up? It's great this to see cool. you. I know we're both uh, home now. I am not downstairs in Maddie Road Studios. I'm I'm upstairs. Yeah. Uh, in living room looks like. Yeah. You know, I was I was I was spending a lot of time down in my studio, and um, it's dark, and there's soundproofing <laughs> all around me, and it was kind of getting depressing. So I'm upstairs now, and I was able to use the Zoom virtual background. If you can see behind me, uh, there's a monster I love logo. It. Yeah. Um, so we might release this actually, uh, on video at some point because it is being recorded on video, which is different. For yeah. Us. That'd be cool. Of course, as always, we'll release the audio as a podcast, which is most likely how you're listening to it right now. Again, we hope you're well. This is episode number two of our new season quarantined. Um, you know, <laughs> things continue to get weird, Ronnie. Uh, we talked about a story about potentially this whole thing starting at Harvard university. And, right. Uh, and, and the weird hijinks between uh, Boston and Wuhan and some weird bio-experimentation that was going on. And now, if you follow the news, it is starting to break. They're starting to talk about it. We were on top yeah, of the story early. Yes, Washington Times, I think I saw something yesterday about saying this may have leaked from a lab in Wuhan, China, so here we go. It makes a lot more sense to me than someone eating a bat in a, uh, in a yeah. market. You know what I mean? It makes a lot of sense. And, and the fact that there was like multiple bio labs in that area is very strange. And so as I said yeah. in last week's episode, Ronald, um, then it's the biggest coincidence in human history or, or mankind existence that a pandemic starts in the same town in a wet mark, coincidentally, where there's a bio lab with weird experimentations going on. You know what I mean? That's just, right. It's, yeah. It's, it's, Something's up. It's strange credulity, if that's a word. <laughs> is it a I don't know. Let's just say that it, that it was. <laughs> uh, we have a lot to get to on the show tonight, even though we are virtual and we are remote and we are quarantined. Uh, we got a little uh, monster media. I want to talk about a couple things that we've seen in the media that are very paranormal and really cool. Uh, yeah, we got your monster mail. We had a monster mail from a monster, Ronnie, a new monster, which it's, it's not a complaint email, but it certainly takes us to task for some of the things that we haven't done. Like a, a lot of times we say things, we'll put them up and we don't. Um, yeah. And that, oh, right. that, we do that quite often. We do that. Quite, <laughs> quite often. <laughs> well, that's going to come in conjunction with an announcement we're going to make tonight. That's going to fix that problem for us. 
in a lot of ways. And uh, we're going to launch on a new platform. That's all I'll say now. It's very exciting. Uh, an additional platform. It's not, a, it's not like we're going to go away from how you listen to us now, but we have very exciting news right. to that end. It's going to satisfy a lot of the complaints brought up by this person. Again, complaints is, is the wrong word, but uh, issues that he uh, addressed. Um, so I want to get into that. A controversial monster mail, Ronnie. <laughs> <laughs> you like how I like sell things oh, wow. that don't really need to be sold? It's very, it's great. It's not great. It's awful. Um, <laughs> and we have some great monster voicemails. I haven't even listened to them, but I, I so when, when they come in, Ronnie, they, they transcribe on my, on my phone. And I have an app for the, uh, uh, what is it called? Google voice. Right. By the way, another way to tell that I'm pushing 50, I say the in front of things that don't need the when it comes to, you know, like the Zoom. The, the Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> I just said, I have an app, you know, and they come in on the Google Voice. Oh, the hey, did, did you see what I posted yesterday that I, um, dealing with the Pope? Did you see? I did. And we're going to get into that and more. Because, is that weird? Yeah, that is. Well, I have thoughts on that. I think it's a bad edit. But we're going to basically, new feature, who dis? Uh, we're just going to scroll scroll through all the uh, weird things that we post. It's different than a controversial Ronnie post. Okay, yeah. Because these aren't contra, these aren't quite contro ropos, <laughs> but they're things that the Monsterland account posts True. and people comment on them. And sometimes we can't get to all of them. And I just haven't had time to think of a clever name for it yet. Um, and yeah, great monster voicemails, and and we'll we'll get to all that. So Ronnie, but I wanted to start. I alluded in the open that. You tonight are the guest on Monsterland, and here's why. It is honestly not because we're in quarantine. It is not because we're trying to cut corners with, with this format um, because of the technical issues that we now have. David Yaz is, is our producer. David is back in his place. We're all in our places. Right. As you know, as every other podcast is doing the same thing, every other TV show is doing the same thing. Um, but the, oh. <laughs> He's like, God. <laughs> Stop it, Leprechaun Man! <laughs> I'm so glad you're there. Um, but mm. the reason I mm. wanted to have you as the guest, Ronnie, is not for any of those reasons, but because I was walking my dog and the beloved Rocky Balboa, Larry Bird, Tom Brady Blake, and <laughs> I listened to you on Bigfoot Collectors Club, a podcast that we've talked about here before. And in right, fact, Russ Johnson. Yeah, right. Russ and you were on Expedition Bigfoot together, and we had him on as a guest and talked about his podcast. Well, you were a guest on their podcast, and I listened to it. Um, once I got over the fact that my name wasn't mentioned, which took about <laughs> I, no, it wasn't, <laughs> listen, it wasn't a big deal. It took like twelve hours. Uh, twelve hours. Oh I uh, binge ate and threw up three times. <laughs> And then I took it out of my family. And after that, another 24 hours, it was fine. Yeah. I didn't care. But you, all kidding aside, you were so great as a guest. Oh, thanks, man. And I heard your story as if I had never heard it before. You know, as if I was just coming across this podcast and, and heard your tale. And, you know, it's, it's a direct result of the fact that you co-host this thing with a fucking ADD blabbermouth. <laughs> who can't string a cohesive thought together for more than 30 seconds. In fact, I was hosting my uh, Maddie Blake fan page Facebook thing the other night, and at one point yeah. I was actually, it was, it was an Oak Island only thing, and at one oh. point I was actually playing drums 
in my cell. And some lady, some lady comes and she goes, can you stay on topic for more than three seconds? And I go, no, no, in fact, in fact, no. So, so. What song were you playing? We just rambled. Yeah, someone said, hey, I see the drums. And that turned into drum conversation. Hey, why don't you lay down a lick? Next thing you know, I'm playing drums. I'm like, oh my God, what am I doing? Supposed to do a fucking Oak Island trivia. So, anywho, because I blab so much, and because I'm always worried about the next thing that we're doing, I'm so worried about this being a show and entertaining people and. But that's why it's so good. Well, I don't know. At times, yes. But at times, I think I need to just shut up and really hear what's being said. It's something I've worked on for a long time as an interviewer, like actually hear. And that's actually when I started to kind of be good at it, I think, is when I was like, not to worry about what I was going to ask next, but listening to what the guest was saying. And I heard your story in a whole new way, Ronnie. And you were so mm. good. So I want to basically yes, ask you some of the same questions they asked you, because I think- sure. It's just amazing. So let's just do it. You're the guest. Welcome to Monsterland, Ronnie LeBlanc. Thanks for having me. <laughs> now, Ronnie, <laughs> tell the story again about your very first paranormal encounters. And I believe it happened through religion, correct for you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, when I was really young, I just... I was always afraid of the dark. All right, I'm going to go play like some drums. Everyone here, play some drums? <laughs> God, when is this story going to end, Ronnie? <laughs> go ahead, I'm sorry. So, uh, yeah, I was always afraid of the dark, but I always felt, <clears throat> you know, feel presence in the room. Um, I would see strange lights, like these small orange lights that would kind of pop up to the side, and I'd look over and they would be gone. And around that same time period is when um, we were always brought up um, Catholic, but started going to a different church, a Pentecostal church where people are raising their hands, speaking in tongues and just hardcore. Yeah. Born again type stuff. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Somebody's a God to be exact. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it was, uh, it was great. I have friends from uh, the youth group and different things since, since I went there as a kid, but I had some, a couple different things happen to me where, um, in particular in that church was that I was what's called slain in the spirit and where a preacher or someone would come in and we'd be praying over people and I would see ushers, deacons kind of around the person and the guy would come and pray over them and they would just fall down and they would drag mm-hmm. him off to the side and when he moved down and he was, we've seen this on TV and you kind of go, this is, this is Pratt. So I was curious, and I was around the same age as um, when I had my encounter in, in Lemster State Forest um, with a like, Bigfoot-type creature. So I never really looked at the parallels of, of those two things. And uh, so I decided, you know, seeing this happen at this, the church, I said, I'm going to go down and, and check this out. Let me just back experience. up for one second. Let me yeah. just back up for one second. So as a little, little kid, you had basically – orb experiences but you had nowhere to compartmentalize that or to make sense of it you just saw them as lights right and also yeah and also had feelings of um 
middle of the night, laying on my bed, couldn't really open my eyes, complete darkness, but felt like I was being levitated off my bed, like mm. laying on my stomach and feeling a, you know, an energy that people would describe as being abducted. Mm. And I just assumed those were kind of dreams or, or what have you. Mm. Um, but when I went down to the, to the preacher, to kind of uh, the pastor to experience being slain in the spirit, uh, you know, he put his hand on me and he instantly kind of felt this energy, but the, the, uh, the deacons kind of came up behind me like to catch me. And I was like, I'm not going down. So as he started to pray and, and I could feel like this slowly, like my energy was kind of leaving, like I had no more control and I was trying to fight it with my mind uh. to stay conscious. And then it was just boom, zapped. Um, I just remember waking up, laying on the church floor on my back and coming to, it was slowly like someone was turning up the volume of a radio, hmm. slowly, slowly, slowly. And with the audio at the same time, like my vision kind of came back. It was almost like coming back into place. My God. So, so not only did you not, <laughs> not only did you not believe in it, you sat there as a kid going like, this is crap. These people are, which, which, you know, understandably it looks ridiculous. If right. you're not a believer in that type of thing. And, and not only did you not believe in it, you actively were fighting it in your mind. Yes. And yes. still you were basically rendered unconscious. Is that fair to say in that moment? Exactly. Like, um, equivalent of what someone would say being, you know, blacking out. Unbelievable. But what I found, but what I found amazing was when I awoke from this, uh, I was devoid of any type of, uh, fear or, anything i just felt like recharged renewed but there was no um i had no fear like i in this this lasted i would say about three or four days wow where it was almost like a high that you were just kind of felt protected everything's good like and i've had i've had this experience another time and it was a very similar situation where you're almost like you just kind of your whole life seems to just change very 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 uh uh, a crazy, incredible experience, to, to say the least. Like, unless you kind of go through it, it's very hard to kind of describe. But. And how old are you about at that time, Ronnie? I was about 10 or 11. And what does that you do know? to your faith? I mean, I imagine for me, because I, <clears throat> you know, I was always looking for miracles or signs of miracles as, as an immature type of faith, which, which makes sense. You know, you need, to, you need proof. I would imagine if I had right. found something like that at that age, it would have increased my faith uh, tenfold. hundred percent. It, it was, it was one of those things where I go, all right, God is real. And I always, uh, I was infatuated with nature and just kind of, you knew there was some kind of a creator, at least for me, I, mm -hmm. I knew that there's intelligent design behind of all, all, all <laughs> the stuff. But that was one of those moments where it was like, there's a higher power. There's something else kind of going on that's in charge of everything. And yeah. I also realized too that we're all like electrical circuitry, right? We're all like energy. Mm. And that was just a, a perfect example of how that just short circuit boom out and then kind of regained. It was, it was crazy. I heard a great thing the other day. Um, it was a, a, a Catholic. He was, what was he? He was a Jesuit and he's actually 
one of the lead Jesuits of, of the Vatican's astrology, uh, excuse me, astronomy program, not astrology. They're against astrology. <laughs> yeah. astronomy. You're a Capricorn. <laughs> You're a spicy Sagittarius, <laughs> aren't you? Just what you go to mass for. Um, but I, uh, he said, he used a great phrase, Ron. He said, I was an aspirational atheist. And the interviewer says, what do you mean by that? He says, I wanted there to be no God. My life would have been a lot easier. Um, he goes, but I couldn't reconcile the more research I did and the deeper I went into looking into this, I couldn't reconcile a life without God. I, I couldn't make myself believe he didn't exist. Isn't that great? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I reminded that when I think of you as a young kid going like, this is all crap. And then like, Oh no, 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 I'm not going over. I'm not going over. And then boom. It, it was wild. It really, it, it changed. But as you know, it's interesting though, too, you have these experiences, people have near-death experiences, and the, the intensity of those moments does fade. Absolutely. Not only fade, you, you start, kind of like you start questioning them, right? You start questioning them. Yes. Um, and you wonder, did it really even happen? I, I've been doing that with my full body operation experience and writing my book, like telling that story. I'm going like, wait, did I make that part up? What? Right. You, yeah, you start, you start questioning your experiences. Yeah, and that, I think that's just a rational mind trying to, you know, wrap its head around it. But um, yeah, and, and the equivalent to that would be a lot of this other stuff that's kind of happened that we've experienced together too, which has never scared me. Hmm. And I would, I, would, I would say that they're not exactly the same, but I feel like they come from the same place. They come from a higher place. Um, but I've never felt necessarily threatened by some of the, the Bigfoot kind of stuff. Right. Of the UFO stuff, I really haven't. So that incident opens something up inside you. Um, yeah. And that brings you to right around that same time, correct? Even though you, you kind of stopped going to that particular church, as it were, but it opens something up inside you spiritually, fair to say? Yeah, and for sure. That, and that brings you to Monsterland, which you had heard of as a kid. People partied back there and stuff. And, right. and, and take the story from there to that trail that day. Yeah. So that was, you know, kind of like with the first experience, you're dealing with something that's unseen, that is invisible, that we are told to believe in. And the same hmm. situation happened with, with me there. And, and again, we've talked about this a few times where I, I never, you know, kind of said, oh, that was a, a Bigfoot experience at that point in time. But it was something so weird. And I've, I've heard other people describe it as well as very similar to the predator effect where something's in front of you, something's moving and, and, and just kind of shaking this whole place around. And I, for me, I was, it was interesting because I went down this particular trail, which gave me a lot of fear and I avoided it. I, because of its reputation, that trail had a reputation. No, but just in me, like the energy as oh. I would go ride by it, wow. I would feel kind of scared by it. Wow. And, I, and, and it just dawned on me now, and, and this is interesting, is that when I did, did decide to kind of go down that trail, I didn't have any fear. I was uh -huh. like, okay, I'm going to go do this. And I wonder if it was around the same time frame of me being slain in the spirit that uh -huh. I would then have that courage to uh -huh. kind of go and do that. And so when I went down that trail, quickly, Within minutes, um, I had noticed that there weren't really any wildlife sounds and all of that. 
and something stopped me dead in my tracks where the trail would not go any further in the sense of it just narrowed down and I couldn't move and something erupted from the left side of the trail in front of me to the right something so enormous that had to be a moose of some kind but uh, I could not see it and I saw trees and shrubs moving I felt the ground shaking you and felt the earth in your feet like you felt felt it like my my feet were on the either side of my bike the bike was in the middle of me in the ground was like boom, boom. Like you could feel it, and I was like, Whoa. and as soon as it like started, erupted, boom, stopped. I was gone. I was like, I am out of here. And <clears throat> again, I, I never said Bigfoot, Sasquatch. It was just like, yeah. that was a moose. That was a bear. And years later, you know, it's kind of that same thing. And and I've had similar situations. I had another, and I don't know if I told you about this before, but I had another encounter with something where. Again, these moments of when um, kind of in a good spiritual place or you feel like you're kind of making some progress. When I was in L.A., I started to study Buddhism and, and Zen, but I was also reading the Bible. And, and I, was, I would go running at night around my neighborhood in Encino in Los Angeles. And it's, you know, not a bad neighborhood, but it's not necessarily, you know, stuff happens, whatever. But it was one of these moments where I was feeling so good like, uh, you know, fearless and top of my, you know, it was just that kind of, you're tapping into that kind of mental state. And I remember running uh, along the sidewalk by this house and going by these shrubs. Now there's nothing there. And something came up to my ear and screamed in my ear. Like, I didn't know this. I, I, yeah. I don't think I've ever told you this. No, you have I, not. I turned, I was like, I turn and there's nothing there, but I knew it happened because my ear was ringing for a good half an hour after that something screamed in my ear and it shook me to the core. Like it literally, like I was feeling great and it knocked me off the ladder kind of, kind of thing where I was like, what the heck was that? And so we've talked about before, as you start to kind of get closer to the light, Darkness seems to be right there as well. Yeah, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. I think. I think as you start making that, once you start lifting that veil or 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 stepping into that pool, as it were, uh, the bad comes with the good, or the good comes with the bad. Yeah, and 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 during that same time frame when uh, that happened in LA, where that crazy like scream, and it wasn't like a person; it was just like. But the place where I was staying at the time, I woke up in the middle of the night one night, witching hour, 2.33 in the morning, and I felt, couldn't see anything, but I felt like there were two energies hovering, like fighting over me above me Hmm. in in the bedroom. Hmm. And I kind of, I couldn't go back to sleep. I was like, just kind of terrified, but had this feeling of, and it kind of brought me back to growing up and having some of those experiences. So it's, it's, it's been a lifelong kind of, I think, yeah. battle. Yeah, you know, orbs as a little kid. I remember you talking about seeing weird colors as a kid that you couldn't describe. Um, yep, yep. You have that incredible experience and, in, 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 you know, the, the um, religious experience, the slain in the spirit experience, what, be, what we know now as a Bigfoot experience, although you had no where to put that or no way to make sense of any of this really until later. Right when you started kind of researching, you put it all together and said, okay, which brings us to a very interesting story as well, which 
if I, I have heard you tell the details of it before, but I had never really put it together and just how unbelievable this story was until I heard you tell it on this other podcast. So my question is, why can't you be as good on this podcast as you were on some other one's <laughs> podcast? No, no, no. That's not my question. My question is, talk about casting. You, you cast the first Bigfoot prints in Massachusetts. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's been people that have casted something before and could have had something. But it was, I guess, the first recognized that we had the BR4O looked at it, finding Bigfoot. Uh, okay. Whole, I mean, so it was yeah. kind of deemed like, this is the first time we've seen something like this come out of Massachusetts. That got so, some yeah. national uh, exposure. Yeah. Okay. That story of, of not only the story of how it happened and the story around it in terms of the track still being there and the experience that guy had and him not long back. Tell that story one more time because sure. I think we've only gotten pieces of it. Um, because as you told it through these years on this podcast, you were interrupted by a six foot three Irishman with uh, daddy issues. So go ahead and <laughs> tell the story again. Well, the interesting piece of the story too is uh, the gentleman and his and his wife that decided to go for a hike. It was in the summertime back in 2010, super hot. Everyone's going to the beach, and they decided they're going to go for a hike and go fishing by the reservoir. Maybe jump in there. Who knows? In Monsterland. Um, they're going into Monsterland, basically. Yeah, they're going to the Lumpster State Forest. And um, that morning, he got down on his knees. And when he woke up and he prayed to God and said, God, give me something that um, my wife and I can kind of share together and have fun together. And so he was kind of reaching out to a higher power for something. Okay. And, and later that, that day, they were out hiking and they came to a fork in the trail. And they're looking for the reservoir. They argued on which direction to go. It went split one way and went the other way. And he noticed uh, there was some mud uh, by that fork that looked like a fresh dry peanut butter when you open it up. Just yeah. smooth. No, no, excuse me, no indentations or anything else like that on that. They take the trail. He, he wins the argument. They, they walk 15 minutes or so. Realize they're going the wrong way. They, so they double back. And as they come back to that fork to kind of go to the other trail, they notice or he notices that there's some indentations in the mud that he had initially looked at. And yeah. so as he approaches this, he sees that there's footprints and they look to be coming out of the woods, onto the trail back in the woods. And he gets a closer look. He notices that they're human looking. And what's amazing is that the footprints, he could see five toes and the, prints from one footprint to the other were six feet apart Jeez, and it was about three, six feet six feet so right away he was you know he knew that this wasn't necessarily a human being even though these looked like human footprints they were so out of place and had to be something that was moving really fast and that's you know he's a hunter he's an outdoorsman so things just looked out of place and as he looked closer he noticed that there were deer prints alongside these footprints and it freaked him out because he's he's like okay this looks like this person hmm. or whatever whatever this, whatever thing this is. is is chasing after the deer huh. what, what can chase after deer what's fast enough to do this and he said that he instantly started thinking of these stories of monster land and bigfoots and all this stuff and he picked up a rock he looked around 
he did mention when they first went on the trail, when they first went for the hike, they felt like they were being watched the whole time, even though they didn't see anybody. He did hear a what sounded like a grunt early on in the hike, and he just dismissed that as possibly uh, a buck, you know, a deer or something. So there are some little clues and signs along the way that were kind of not known at the time um, that were very indicative of other kind of sightings or experiences. Right. And I ended up talking to him, uh, you know, days later after meeting his brother for the first time weeks before. And randomly I talked about, uh, you know, living in California, but he asked me all these different places, his, his brother, his younger brother. And I told him about the Redwood Forest. So I talked about, uh, you know, you can see how a Bigfoot Sasquatch could exist. And he's like, what? And just the randomness of that, that he laughed so hard about it. But if I didn't bring that story up, he never would have told me, told uh, his brother about me and have me have this conversation so, to see if this is actually right. So, so the guy track, who had right? this track experience, the guy who went into the went into Monsanto with his wife, yeah, saw these unbelievably big footprints. Six feet. He's a hunter. He goes, "Oh my god, this is something weird. What is this?" Yeah. Before all that happened, you had been talking to his brother, unrelated. Correct. It came yeah. up that you are a Bigfoot fanatic. So then the two brothers later are having a conversation and he's telling his brother about what he, these tracks he found, right? And what happens Correct. next? Yeah, so he, he goes, oh my God, this is weird. He's like, you're going to talk to this guy, Ronnie. He's wicked into all this Bigfoot stuff. And you're thinking that this was some kind of like a Bigfoot encounter. And, you know, so, and, and what was interesting is when I talked to him on the phone, I said, let me talk to your brother. And uh, I haven't met him yet. So I didn't know this guy pulling shit, you know, yeah. he was laughing two weeks ago. Could he be making some kind of crap up now? Yeah. So, you're vetting him. Yeah. So, but after talking with him for within a few minutes, he was still physically, you, you could just hear emotionally shaken, physically shaken, hadn't slept in days, told wow. his mother about it. Wow. And I was fascinated. And, and he was like, look, I'm, I'm not going back there uh, unless someone has a gun. <laughs> and his brother had, had uh, a license to carry. I did too. I said, we'll go back with you. We'll see if we can find those tracks. We have guns. He's like, he goes, I will not go back there unless I have a gun. If you guys will go with, let's go. So it was, I think that was a Saturday and the next day was Sunday and we went out Sunday morning and I was like, okay, if we find the tracks, what are we going to do? And I didn't have any plaster of Paris kind of stuff, but I did have a, uh, something that my sister had given us a couple of years back from one of our kids where you put their handprints in uh, when they're, you know, like a little baby gift, whatever. And we had it in the closet and never had brought it out. So for whatever reason, I thought of that and I grabbed it, put it in the backpack. And we, you know, the next morning we, we uh, went back. I, I didn't think we were going to find the tracks at all. Yeah. Cause how long had it been since it was, it was almost creeping on like nine or 10 days at that point. Yeah. You would it assume was, it was long gone. I, w I would think. Yeah. And I, he did too. He, and, uh, but there was still a little bit of hope. And then when we did find him, hair on the back of my neck went up, man. Why? I was like, Why? Well, right away we found him and they were in great condition from the canopy of the trees over the trail. Like they had not been, we had some rain a day or two before and I thought they might get washed out. They're in great condition. And right away when I looked at that first initial one, I could see the five toes hmm. uh, with the footprint. And I could see that there was a straight line 
with the footprints. And it just flooded back memories of going through all these different books of seeing uh, Sasquatch tracks that were in a straight line where humans are kind of like the gate is left and right and just kind of separated. I saw the depth and then I saw how far away they were from each other, but there was an energy around this area uh-huh. that added to the element. Like, so hair on the back of my neck and just the feeling and the excitement I got because I was like, these aren't human footprints. These are, this is something else. And I never really knew what Monsterland was aside from the place that we would go and party and dug into that, started doing research and yeah, talking you, to other people. You hadn't and, done the yeah. research that you've now become famous for at this point. Right. Other than loving right. Bigfoot. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So people knew I was like, oh, he's into UFOs and Bigfoot and right. stuff like that. But, uh, once, once they, people started realizing, Hey, this is someone that's had experiences. He's open to talk to people and he seems like he's a normal guy. Then, people started working to both the gentleman and myself that we started to um, talk to people and became uh, kind of these conduits for people to kind of come forward and share their stories. So what was it about those tracks too? There was something about, there's something really compelling about like there was ATV guys around there or something. What, yes. What was that part yes. Of? So one, one interesting little piece was, um, you know, with, with Bigfoot encounters and things like that, there's always this element of synchronicity and these weird timings of things. And, being at the right place at the right time. Like, so oh, this gentleman and his wife, they could have gone to the beach, but they decided to take a hike. If they did that, they never would have found the prince. Right. Um, you know, the timing of it. All those him, things that have to happen. Yeah. Right. Like him seeing the, that area before he's seen the footprints. Like if you came up across those footprints and didn't see the earth untouched prior to 10 minutes before, you might just dismiss it as somebody just running around barefoot. Sure. But the fact that he knew that they were alone and these, those weren't there 15 minutes ago freaked him out. Right. Um, and so as we kind of figured out, okay, let's, we filled in one of those uh, prints with the plaster. We didn't have enough, um, but we kind of staked it off. We could hear four wheelers in the background coming down the trail. Mm. And I instantly was like, Oh my God, they're, you know, they're going to go right over this. So we, ran in front and they were going to come right over the tracks right where we were and we stopped them <clears throat> they went around but i was like oh my god if we were here 10 minutes later those would have been gone we never would have found them they would like have been probably 30 <laughs> seconds later the way those things move you could hear them right i mean yeah so to me it was almost like we're meant to be here we're meant to yeah you, you these things and yeah. find them. so there was all these elements of that stuff that kind of was like going all right we're being guided in a way it was it was it was Pretty crazy. You were absolutely the guy who was supposed to be there. I have no doubt of that. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and I mean, I just think your whole your whole story, when it's taken in its total, tells the story of someone who clearly has, uh, you know, that that magic touch or has been preordained in some way to be involved with this stuff. I mean, that's right. clear. That's just clear from you know, and, and it's very common too with people like you and I who keep the, the, the something keeps knocking at the door <laughs> throughout our lives right. over and over again. Right. right. No matter how many times and we it, try to dismiss it. And, it. and it's also, we both have been there where we kind of like, okay, you, you, you need times to kind of like decompress and step away from things. And every time I try to step away a little bit, it comes back even more. So like, yeah. it's like, whoa, yeah, you yeah. know, it's, so it, it's, it just, like you said, it's, it's one of those things where you, 
uh, and you realize it too within your life that you know you're supposed to be on this path. This yeah. is part of your your journey, and you're supposed to help other people kind of awaken to to things too. So I think it's super compelling that um, <clears throat> that guy, that hunter guy, didn't want to go back in the forest. How many times have we heard have we heard that? You know, right? And totally. Um, I also think it's compelling that you did want to go back in the forest after your experience as a kid because I've had some experiences like that where um, I wouldn't go back to where they happened too fast. You know what I mean? But well, well, the 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 crazy thing is I had forgotten about that mm, first experience. Mm, like it, it kind of went. It didn't kind mm, of come back to the surface until I found those prints and you know, and similar to other people, like they would get the book Monsterland and read it and then something would trigger something else, a memory that was buried. And for me, that was that memory kind of got pushed aside and buried. I, I don't think I was supposed to remember that. I don't think I was supposed to go down that trail. That yeah. 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 And see something, but how about you hear about these, even yeah. just retelling it tonight. You didn't remember that you weren't scared going into the path. And, and you also never had told me that story about getting screamed at running in California. I did not know that. Yeah. Story. Yeah. Incredible. And, it's weird because they'll come in my mind. Like it just, it's like, as I'm talking to you, I'm like, okay, I guess I'm supposed to talk about this. Right. Cause it, it comes from somewhere. Yeah. And the timing of it, I'm like, Oh yeah. I'm like just weird, weird things that, um, and a lot of people, I think it's like, as they start looking down the road, they kind of look back and they go, Oh, that's why this happened. And things right. have to come into play for that those things to click you know well it's an amazing story uh ron you're a great guest uh come on to monsterland yeah. sometime again okay <laughs> i would love to i'll be honest i did not comprehend any much of what you said i was thinking about my <laughs> career uh but i'm sure you were wonderful <laughs> all right let's do a little let's do a game uh, let's do a segment we haven't done in a long time let's do a little para post let's do it all right. This is when we scroll through all the paranormal postings that have happened. Again, different than a controversial Ropo, a controversial Ronnie post. These weren't controversial. These are just good paranormal, uh, uh, juicy stories that you can find on Monsterland. And again, coming up, we have your monster voicemails and your monster mails. We'll get to those. We got a big announcement coming up also. Uh, are you seeing this, says this YouTube post, another mass UFO sighting. This time, Cleveland, Ohio, April 4th, 2020. Ronnie, this video shows, uh, again, taken April 4th, so it's very recent. Forgive the language. What the fuck is that, though? Ain't nobody seeing this shit? Initially, it looks like... Yeah. um, What do you think? It's a guy in his car shooting it out of his phone or something. And it's a bunch of kind of yellow scattered lights in the sky. Right. Uh, Now I, I would, you know, initially first glance, you might go, okay, this video, not that compelling, but the idea that, you know, two consecutive nights between Ohio, Michigan, more than a handful of citizens in Cleveland, Detroit, Mm. seeing similar things, Mm -hmm. uh, groups of flying orbs in the sky. Mm Uh, and this is one of, there's another video as well, which is kind of similar. Um, but, it, you know, it begs the question. It's like everyone's inside now. We're seeing that uh, pollution is down, everything else. Uh, so are the skies a little bit clearer that we're seeing more, having more sightings? Or is there something else kind of going on where um, 
we're seeing more of these these orbs kind of flying in formation in these different hot spots. Yeah, that's that's what I was about to say. Two two things on this video. What what becomes compelling is um besides his potty mouth, <laughs> his terrible taste in music. Um, the video here at about uh, twenty seconds in. Again, it's called another mass UFO sighting, Cleveland, Ohio, April fourth, twenty twenty. The compelling thing here is, Ronnie, if you look at that screen grab I'm about to play, now they're now they're in formation. Before they almost look like falling flares. Yeah. And they were all, or lanterns or drones, but now they're in a V formation. You see that? Yeah. It's 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 interesting because they they uh, now they're in formation. You're not any, you don't see any like um, blue or green. You know, there seems to be an orange, reddish, yellowish light coming from all these. But right, and 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 uh, another thing I, I I always say about these videos, Ronnie, and, and tell me if you agree. I know I know you probably do. That and it kind of gets into what we've talked about before, in that you can't quantify the experiencer's experience, if you will. Um, these videos right. never look as good on phone as they do to the person shooting oh, them, right? No, no so no. so just uh, yeah. be, right. So just, like if you and I had shot, what we saw that night. I think it would look very teeny, and you wouldn't be able to see it changing colors. Uh, you so know, true. right? It would just look like yeah. a little star in the sky or a satellite. But but so for when you see these people freaking out and taking the time to shoot it, and you can hear in their voice the panic or the wonder, it really does bring to mind like all right well, they're seeing something out of the ordinary clearly right right you have to you know like you have to trust that someone is going to make a mistake obviously when yes. you identify something but more often than not most people know a difference between a bear and a bigfoot and a plane and a ufo so they're going to yes. whip out the phone they're going to start filming yes and it's you're right it's not going to look exactly like they're experiencing where it's like this looks crazy right and you just can't capture it sometimes the way you really want it with a with a cell phone you don't have to be a top gun pilot to know when something weirds in the sky you know what i mean right um okay uh and then and then we have the other video we posted ufo reports from cleveland to detroit last week this is the the other one that was before it uh happening in detroit very similar lights so we don't need to play those um another pair of posts ronnie um this post is about Mar uh, gifting and Sasquatch, correct? Posted yeah, by Grant yes. Cameron. Talk about this. So uh, Grant Cameron is um, we've had him on the on the show, mm -hmm. and he's talking about Sasquatch Ontario, which is Mike Patterson, who I actually interviewed uh, for the book for Monsland for the first book. And so there's an interview with him and I in there about marbles and from that conversation is when i got gifted three different sets of marbles right um right from sasquatch or some kind of interdimensional thing i don't know right. <laughs> but uh so grant just talks about that as well and um uh, his his buddy bledsoe um who's an experiencer he's been gifted uh, marbles and other things as well and he's had experiences not only with sasquatch but with ufos so it's any any of those kind of stories where they're receiving these gifts or these getting getting these um, exchanges, I always find fascinating. Okay, you're looking at my screen, right? Yes. You see that, right? That marble, yeah. that picture. What does that look exactly like? And I think we've said this before that what marbles mar what marbles might be representing. I think orbs. It looks exactly like an orb, and and yeah. this one in particular because it's kind of grayish and. Um, and there was right. a video on last week's paranormal caught on camera that our sh that our friend friend of show great guy um, 
Brian Kano is on uh, Paranormal Con Camera, in which a guy posted a video, it's fantastic, Ronnie, of an orb captured on his home security footage, and his, they see it, and it, he actually runs out, and his friend's watching live this footage, and this orb is floating, like it's like playing with him. It's, and it looks fake. It's so round and so bright and such clearly an orb and like dancing in front of him. And he's putting his hand out. Now he can't see it in real time, but his friend is watching it on the security footage. You can see it. It's actually emitting a glow. That's what makes it so preposterous. Yeah, that, like it's, it's admitting like bioluminescence. A, yes, yeah, yes. It's emitting yeah. a haze and he's, and he's putting his hand out and it's like resting on his hand, but he doesn't see it. It's really stunning video. That's a great show. Paranormal Con on Camera is doing a great I've, yeah, job. I've kind, of, I've kind of quite a few episodes of it, and I, I do like it. They've, they've uh, posted some good stuff in there. You know what it needs? I got a fever, and the only <laughs> prescription is more Kano. <laughs> uh, we also posted from Vice.com. This is the Pentagon's real men in black investigation <laughs> of Tong DeLong's UFO video, and uh, the report. This is oh, this is stunning. This, Tony. Talk it, about this. Yeah, it's it, uh, uh, we we kind of talked, I think, a few months about uh, months back about um, the tapes that were taken from the U.S. Nimitz uh, and the Navy and the pilots that had captured the Tic Tac uh, UFO that a helicopter came on board with uh, basically these men in black that confiscated all the tapes and took off. They didn't identify who they were, where they were from. But this new report that just came out covered by Tim McMillan for uh, Motherboard and Vice shows that the Air Force actually launched an investigation into the release of those classified UFO videos, the three different ones that were known as Go Fast, Gimbal, and Fleer. Mm. And, um, and you have to, I guess the most alarming thing is that these were filmed, these videos were filmed by the U.S. Navy However, the Air Force, their, um, their group, which is the Office of Special Investigations, they consider these guys to be the men in black because they're the ones that actually were hmm. looking into these videos and they were trying to determine if they were indeed declassified before Luis Elizondo had released them. Right. Um, they found out that they were considered for release and they were kind of put through the channels, but they never were. So at the point in time that they were released, they were classified videos. Um, and this report also, um, the Pentagon had come out, uh, you know, years uh, when the New York Times article came out about Luis Elizondo and this whole uh, UFO identification program that it didn't exist and that he wasn't doing this. Right. This <laughs> basically paints the picture that the they knew he was doing it. Yeah. yeah. They were investigating him. His name has been blacked out from the different reports. They were looking into him and these videos, and they determined that the videos didn't contain anything, um, uh, you know, risky, I guess. No sensitive symbology or other items of concern were the quote that they had, and they closed the case on April 13th, 2018. Uh, but just interesting. It's really interesting. The new document obtained from the Air Force Office of Investigations, which they embed in the article, shows that after the New York Times article about this program and about the video, the UFO video, AFOSI looked into the classification of the release videos called Go Fast, Gimbal, and FLIR, originally 
that found that, quote, all three videos were classified and that though a declassification request had been made for these videos, it was never granted. AFOSI has become known as the real men in black in the UFO community. Fantastic. Fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, when these videos initially came out, we were stunned to learn that the Pentagon was working with U.S. Navy to study UFOs because it's always seemed to be an Air Force thing. Uh, but here's the Air Force investigating the U.S. Navy. <laughs> unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um, another unbelievable story that we were early on, I teased it at the beginning, Ronnie. Intellig- this is from HuffPost and, yes. and other sources, by the by. Intelligence officials weigh possibility coronavirus escaped from a Chinese lab. Where have we heard that before? Oh, yeah, mm. Monsterland. <laughs> Maddie Road Studios broke this story. <laughs> we were certainly early on it. I'll tell you that because I told a lot of friends about it and in the last couple of weeks, and they're all like, What? What are you talking about? Oh, you and yeah. conspiracy. And I'm not hey, listen, you know I'm not a conspiracy theorist. Like that's where kind of my You're line not. is drawn, right? right. You know, we yeah. I, I, I someone off the show is a conspiracy theorist in a sense. <laughs> but this isn't a conspiracy theory because someone was actually arrested and there's a, there's a chain here and there's real evidence that something like this might have happened. Just the fact that those places, those biolabs are in the town where this thing broke to me has to be investigated. That right there. Oh. And and I don't know if you saw this, I think it was maybe last week, maybe a few days back that uh, China came out and said that they're banning any kind of investigation into the origins of the coronavirus. (laughs) You don't say. What the hell? You don't say. What's going on? U.S. intelligence community is still weighing the possibility that this pandemic, pandemic, excuse me, might have been touched off by an accident at a research facility rather than by an infection from a live animal market. And that's... We talked about this last week, and I hate to repeat ourselves, yes. but I never know who's new listening. And, and We said it then. What critics of this type of story are saying is that, like, well, they've proven that it didn't get made in the lab. Fine, right. fine. They're not necessarily saying that it was made in the lab. They're not necessarily saying that it was China trying to give us a bioweapon of some kind, that this is some sort of espionage. What they're saying is it could have happened by accident, that the transfer right. between animal and human happen in a lab environment and not necessarily in a wet market, which right. you, in my estimation, Ronnie, we have to find out. We have to find that out. Yeah, for sure. Because they have to track, you know, where did this originate and how do you, I mean, this, this, and you know, unless you enjoy pandemics, then just let yeah. it go. <laughs> it, but when you do look at this from the perspective of, okay, uh, China, and uh, this say this is a bio-warfare kind of situation. Um, it seems to fit the bill. However, there is something else that's been kind of rumored and talked about for a long time. I guess one of the conspiracy theories that um, eventually there would be this type of martial law or there would be these race wars or there would be this hmm. uh, fake, a fake alien invasion. Ah. And this fake alien invasion what do we keep on hearing from Trump and others that this invisible enemy? Yes, this, the invisible enemy. You know, yeah. So, you know, the people are kind of saying that this is that fake alien mm. invasion disguised as a mm. pandemic. And, you know, okay, it fits your narrative of the day, but um, it is interesting because it's crippling the country 
you know, the economy, the everything. I mean, yeah, it's just, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, well, we nailed that story early. John Mogavero agrees with us. He says, oh, wow, really? No kidding. And then he has a little emoji of a guy swearing. Uh, Mel says, I'm sure it did, meaning that it probably did come from a Chinese lab. Um, we also, oh, my God. Are you seeing those things? Yes, who, and that's got to be David. <laughs> it is David. Producer David, is that you? He's hacked into the... I admit nothing. <laughs> Can the audience see that? Can our audience see that? Yeah, yes. well, if they're yes, watching they the video. Can. Yeah. Oh, great. I know I was I was on a Zoom call recently and one of my <laughs> my like 14-year-old nephew started drawing a penis on the screen as Fantastic. I was trying to show something to my cousins. Uh, it's amazing what you can do. I'm not even going to tell people who are listening to this what David is typing, but it, maybe that'll it's make an people It's an Easter egg. Well, maybe it's that'll yeah, maybe that'll make people come and watch the video wherever we do post it, but I'll just say in full disclosure David is Jewish himself, so That's we're right. okay. We're okay. He's Jewish. Apparently, oh, a self-hating yeah. Jew. Yes. <laughs> well, we can make Christian you, jokes, Ronnie. Have you seen uh, the video re regarding the uh, uh, UFO coming out of the volcano in Mexico? Oh, you mean this one I'm about to hit right now? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> UFO sighting spaceship. Seeing enter hey Ronnie, why don't you let me host? Okay, you just fucking see. All right, back sorry, sorry. I'll sit back. I'll do. The, I'll do the weather. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up and look pretty and do the weather. <laughs> um, UFO sighting, spaceship seen entering Mexican volcano, <laughs> which is used as an alien city. According to this article, eagle-eyed conspiracy theorists were quick to spot out a white object, which some have claimed was a UFO. Falling into the mouth of uh, Popo Catapetti near Mexico City. I think the mountain's called Popo Catapetti. Is that right? Nailed it. <laughs> the sighting was made on webcams, which constantly monitor, monitor the 5,000-some-odd-foot peak. Colloquial, colloquially, oh, Jesus. <laughs> colloquial. <laughs> Am I having a stroke? Are you trying to say Caligula? <laughs> Commonly named El Popo. That one I got right. El Popo. Now, is this, let's see. I don't want to get on the 20-minute video. Yeah, here. no, no. Watch okay. this. It's, it's interesting. And I looked at some other videos. Here we go. Um, it's pretty, pretty compelling stuff. How do you say that word? Colloquially. 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 Oh, I can't say that word. It's like jewelry. I can't say jewelry. Um, <laughs> jewelry. David, how do you say colloquially? <laughs> David's drinking. I'm not even going to attempt it. All right, this video is not even, uh, not no. even playing. El Popo. I was on mute. Sorry. That's okay. Colloquially. Colloquially. <laughs> he was just checking Google. All right, let me, let me try it again. Ready? How do you say it one more time, David? Colloquially. Colloquially. I think. Colloquially. I'm a jewelry. All right, this thing is not playing. Hold on. Oh, there it is. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you're looking at the mountain, and there's stars in the sky, and what looks oh. like the same size of star is zipping out of that mountain. So wow. they, show, they show a couple now. Oh. There's going to be two other ones kind of flying together towards the, uh, the mountain, the volcano. Now, the volcano is actually smoking. Yeah, so this just erupted not not too recent. I think what like a couple months ago, oh, and crap. 
right before that they saw a ufo so there's another video out there too Ooh, uh, but people one. have talked about this being a potential alien base because they've yes. seen so much activity coming in and out of that that's a really good one uh uh, another great piece of parapost, Ronnie. Uh, some candy for our colloquially, <laughs> colloquially. Palaka laka laka. Colloquially, colloquially. It's easy. One more time. Colloquially. 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 Damn it. It's like um, you want to do something collectively as local, you do it colloquially. <laughs> you even fucked it up then. <laughs> uh, NASA captures footage of a UFO on the space station live feed. I love this video, Ronnie. Um, this is pretty, pretty awesome. Go. It just, it, Coloquialmente. Sorry, I thought just <laughs> Spanish might be easier. Coloquialmente. Coloquialmente. Why am I making it Italian? <laughs> The detail of this thing. Yeah, is, is this thing is awesome. Uh, let's see. I want to scroll the video here. We can see this thing flying off the space station. It's about three minutes, I think. Oh, wow. I mean, Air Force. I mean, it, the, yeah. you're hearing the guy narrate the video, by the way, Ronnie. Hold on. Stealth alien technology that they're using from Area 51. This Why do all these guys have to have voices... Like they're like you know they're they're on Cartoon Network, like doing a bit. Like just talk. If if this is actually uh, U.S. Air Force. Uh, okay, so Ronnie, what we're looking at is I can't I I'm not going to play his voice, but we're looking at this craft. It looks like so many of the other craft we've seen in these type of videos. <clears throat> almost looks like metallic. That, yeah, metallic. Right? Looks- uh, almost like teardrop shaped. Kind yes. of, kind of yep. tapering at the end. Uh, it's, it's just phenomenal footage. And every time there's some kind of object like this, you know it's something legit. When I, the, the, the they pull the freaking feed so quickly. Yes. Why would you do that? You know, yes. like if it's something that's part of the craft that come off or whatever. You, you know, but they keep on yanking the feed down when these things. And that, are and then seen. it shoots up into space, which is that's where I get concerned because that part of the video it all looks so incredibly real to me and then when it shoots up into space i get a little concerned because it looks a little hollywoody little cgi to me at that point look at that mm. right mm. Uh, i'm not saying it's a falcon i'm not saying it's fake we're gonna play fa- factor fucking in a minute but um up till that point it really takes my breath away but then again we've said before yeah. maybe it looks fake to us because we have no other way to process it right um and I think there's one more thing. Here it is. The disappearing poke. Here it is. A hologram. So what this is is a video. I'll play it right now. Let me bring it up here. Oh, my God. So it's a person who videotaped this. I kind of stop saying videotape. Old guy again. Uh, he's getting this with his iPhone camera, his phone camera. It's on his TV. It's a news feed. That's right. Yeah. All about the Pope. The Pope waves in a window and then walks away. And as he walks away, he just disappears. So I'll play the audio. It's titled, uh, Pope Disappears in a Thin Air, and you'll hear their reactions colloquially, will you? He <laughs> goes bye-bye. Oh, my God. Okay. I have Colloquiale. Colloquiale. <laughs> Is that Italian? <laughs> 
colloquiale. Colloquiale. <laughs> How come I can say it better in a foreign language than I can in my own tongue? Um, some comments on this, Ronnie. Aaron says that's social distancing on a wholly new level. Well done, Aaron. <laughs> Robert says, I think they use a hologram so no one tries to off the Pope. Uh, Adam not, a bad, post- not a bad idea. Yeah, Adam posted a uh, screen grab of the, the priest from, from Caddyshack saying, there is no God. <laughs> um, I, have, I have a theory on this, Ronnie. What? Yeah, what's your thoughts? Okay, watch. I'm going to show you why I think this is not much to do about nothing. Now, this is local news, right? Or, or news. Now, yeah. now, watch. He turns. Now, see that fast cut to the next yeah. scene? There's a fast, quick cut right as he disappears to the next scene. I think it's an editing mistake. See that? I think it's a bad edit. I think the local news feed... Uh, you know, just through an editing gaff in cutting to the next scene. So almost like a transition. Yes, kind of yes, yes. It, it just skips it, it it. skips to another piece of video they had of that window. Got giving it. the appearance so that he disappears. That's, that's my watch. He goes bye-bye. Boom. Bad edit. Because here, mm. here's how I know that. Here's why I think I know that. When I was a kid, I mean, you still you you still see the the one thing that's weird is that he disappears, but the the scene is still there. The window is the still there. Yes. But yeah. I, okay. I can I explain this, or I think I can. Okay. When I was a kid, there's another message. On the- <laughs> hold on, I gotta get back to it. I gotta get back to it. Uh, right, right below your fan page. Oh, from from another. Oh. <laughs> Producer Davis is killing us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to read it. Um, this is a fantastic... I think we should just do this podcast like this from now on. Um, <laughs> although I miss seeing you guys in person. Uh, Same. Okay, um, here's why I think I know that that was a edit is because when I was a kid, we had a huge, like... Oh, oh that's someone calling our... You know what that is? Someone's calling our voicemail. Holy crap. Is it, We're getting a much... Is that Dave? Is it? No, it's not me. Wow, not me. we're getting a monster voicemail right now as we Do record it. this. All right. Pick it up. Should I pick it up? Yeah. Yes. All right, hold on. Hello? Hello? Hello, are you there? Oh, damn it. I don't think I was fast enough. Well, maybe they'll leave us a message. Um, oh, and Ronnie, I did a whole – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bail on it, but I did a whole thing about the shroud. You see that on my screen? Oh, cool. Because it was Easter weekend, and I found this great thing about the Shroud of Turin. Let's do an episode dedicated to the Shroud of Turin. It's Okay. Yeah. It'll blow you away. Um, Total. Down. Okay. So when I was a kid. Dr. Falcon? Yeah. All right. Let's get – well, let's finish the Pope first. When I was a kid, we used to make movies. Uh, We used to make parody movies, uh, believe it or not. My friends and I, I'm sure that's a stretch for you to believe. So we would – we had a big – one of those 80s camcorders with the VHS tape you put in it and held it on your shoulder, right? And we, yeah. would, we would make movies, so we would go see a movie, whatever it was, and then we would make our own parody version of it. So, you know, this is from, I would say we did this from like when I was in sixth grade through like probably halfway through high school, we stopped doing it. And so we would go see like the Karate Kid in 1984 or whatever it was, and we would go home and make a ridiculously funny parody version of the Karate Kid or Rambo mm-hmm. or Rocky or whatever movie it was. 
and we had these tapes and they were friggin' hysterical. We loved them. But the editing process obviously was very rudimentary. And there was a couple times where in editing it by accident, not trying to do it, same scene, like say it was a scene of my lawn. And let's just say, for example, we're going to do a fight in the Karate Kid, right? My two friends, the actors, would be standing on my lawn. And as you're watching the scene, all of a sudden there'd be a dog, like a white dog in the scene, and then it'd be gone again in a second, just like what happened with the Pope there. Like there'd be a dog. Oh, wow. It's because I was cutting and, and, and stopping and recording again so many times and trying to get to the next scene, let's say, that my editing was bad, so it would somehow just work its way in there. And, and people would mm. disappear all of a sudden. We'd be like, oh, and we'd all laugh. <laughs> so I, that's, that's what it looks like to me. It, it looks Got like it. an ed- mm. editing gaff. Um, why don't we do this? Since that just happened, that's a little parapost there. Why don't we do this? Why don't we get into our monster voicemail before we factor Falcon? Because uh, all right, great. Uh, we just got a call and I want to see who it is. All right, let's do it. Okay, Ronnie, I haven't listened to these before, uh, so let's just play them down the line, and I'll try and turn it up as loud as I can get it, uh, Producer okay. Dave. And uh, Yes, sir. Yeah, just make sure the volume on your computer is uh, at max or close uh, to it. It is. It is. Okay. It indeed is. You're not the boss of me. Here we go. First, <laughs> oh, and by the way, if you would like to leave us a message, just call 401 400 0965. That's 09 ML 401 400 0965. And you can be on the program like these fine folks. Hello, my name's Georgie Oliver, and I'm calling from the UK. <laughs> calling to see whether or not you gents have any interaction with either a succubus or an incubus, depending upon what your flavor is. Uh, if you can share, that would be fantastic. We had a recent experience here with a succubus, I believe, and uh, just wondering uh, how prevalent this is. Or is it something that occurs in the UK? Anyhow, Jerry, though. <laughs> First of all, <laughs> who was that? That was a real call from real England. Come on. I don't think so. I'm not bad. That guy like had a fake monocle, <laughs> like a British flag behind him. Like it's the Monopoly guy. <laughs> every he, he had like every British cliche with him to do that call. Right. Um I'm right on sexual. I love that. Now I'm I'm so I had a friend who went through this experience. I think we've talked about it on the podcast before. We had a seance. Um, he had his wife felt like she was being held down in bed and uh, by some sort of figure, which, by the way, happened on Oak Island to a guy named Kaiser who felt like he was being held down and told to leave the island. Um, these things happen. Incubus versus succubus. An incubus is a demon in male form who, according to mythological and legendary traditions, lies upon sleeping women in order to engage in sexual activity with them. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's why Yoko calls me the incubus. That's where Laid came from. Its female counterpart is succubus. Salacious tales of incubi and succubi have been told for many centuries in traditional societies. Um, Ronnie, so we haven't got a ton of calls about these, but it has come up on the show before. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, people talk about sleep paralysis, mm-hmm. uh, waking up, feel like something's in the room, they can't move. And that's definitely connected, it seems, with something similar to, to the incubus or, or succubus. But. 
Yeah, it's fascinating. I know that my friend who went through it, um, his wife was terrified. Like it wasn't funny. You know, they, she was like, she wanted to move. Um, and she really felt like she was being, you know, um, tortured by this thing, whatever it was. Uh, so it can be very scary for those people who go through it. Um, that is an absolute situation where I would definitely call a priest in. I wouldn't even fuck oh, yeah. around. I, I would just yeah. call a priest straight up. Yeah. Cause that seems to be demonic stuff. And that stuff that that's, that's the rare case where it can actually physically interact with you. Um, right. And, and that, that ain't good. So thank you to that real British caller. Sure, that's enough. Beggar's a mess. Balls and squeak. Smoke deal pie. Sir. Hi, guys. Yes. There you go. That was him. Thank you, Giorgio. That was a great call. Um, all right, let's try this next one. Hey, Monsterland. This is Warrior from Parts Unknown. Uh, I want to know why no one in the government is willing to admit that the coronavirus is actually an alien virus and why we've gotten this far without just telling the people the truth. <laughs> Ronnie, uh, coronavirus, alien virus. What say you? I don't know. You, you do hear of those, you know, uh, asteroid or meteorite, and then there could be some kind of something on it. But, uh, you know, we're just talking about this, you know, could this be that alien invasion that we are expecting is going to be faked or whatever. But this is, this is real. People are dying. Um, but I, don't, I, I, I wouldn't say it's extraterrestrial nature. This is just how nature works. Unfortunately, I like the, uh, I like the conspiracy. It's interesting. It's an interesting, uh, way to go with it. Um, but yeah, I think they have this one pretty much nailed down. Although they're going to have to, they're going to have to find out where it did come from. If it was terrestrial, if it was of earth, um, right. They're going to have to find that out, man. They're just going to have to look, looks like we get a voicemail from that last caller there. All right. We got two more up, actually up, up top there. Here's one. Hey, Maddie, Ronnie, this is Neil from New Hampshire. Love the podcast. Keep it up. Yes. You're doing a great job. I did have a question. I'm just curious, and I don't know if you guys have covered this yet, but has any psychic predicted this coronavirus? Mm. Anything along those lines, you know, psychic mediums, et cetera. I'm just curious if anyone's taking credit and has some credible predictions with all uh, the craziness that's going on right now. Hey, keep up the great work. Love you guys. Bye. Thank you. Thank you, Neil. Neil from New Hampshire. Uh, yeah, someone did pro pro uh, predict it. Nostradamus, as Ronnie, <laughs> as Ronnie <laughs> erroneously uh. posted in a controversial Ronnie, Ronnie Ropo. Um, <laughs> let's, let's, I, there is this. There is this. I'm going to bring it up on screen right now. Uh, someone oh, yeah. told so, me about the this. excerpt from the book. Yes. Dean Kuntz. So supposedly Dean Kuntz predicted the coronavirus in a 1981 novel. However, this article from CNN says, no, Dean Kuntz did not predict the coronavirus in a 1981 article. Um, so a novel from Dean Kuntz titled the eyes of darkness, uh, in a tweet that has been widely shared. Someone said that in that book, Kuntz predicted the coronavirus outbreak based on a screenshot they took. Let's see. It reads here. Uh, so this guy, Nick Hinton, tweeted, a Dean Kuntz novel written in 81 predicted the outbreak of coronavirus. Uh, and it says, they call the stuff Wuhan 400 because, and this is from the book, they call the mm -hmm. stuff Wuhan 400 because it was developed at their RDNA labs 
outside the city of Wuhan. And it was <laughs> the 400th viable strain of a man-made microorganism created there. Wuhan 400 is the perfect weapon, end quote from the book. Wow. Uh, and then this article, let's see. Basically, I think, I'm just reading it for the first time, Ronnie, but it kind of basically says the differences between the actual virus and what Dean Koontz wrote about. But the differences are so minor that this is a perfect example of what we're talking about. The headline of this article is, no, he didn't predict this coronavirus outbreak. Okay. I just read you what was in the fucking book, right? Right. Here's what <clears throat> CNN says. Well, in eyes of darkness, this is a biological weapon. Uh, hmm. The name of, of, the we of the original weapon was changed to Wuhan when the book was released in 1989. It was re they changed the name. What? So it is true that the current coronavirus outbreak began in Wuhan. But like, in other words, they're, they're pointing out like weird little differences, but the fact hmm. is pretty amazing. Like this in the book, the bush had a, the, here's a great example in the book, the virus had a hundred percent mortality rate and we know that it doesn't. So he didn't predict it. Like what? Really? Right. That's right. Ridiculous. Instead of saying like, wow, what a weird coincidence that that fucking guy called that. Nice. Right. It's almost, it's almost like you know, time travel kind of stuff. Like, it's very you know, strange. it's very strange why yeah. they take that tact. Why they, why, you know, why people who don't believe in mysterious things or even really in coincidences, um, right. Are so bent. They're, they're so warped that they would have a headline like that. Instead of saying like, wow, eerie coincidences in this book, like probably nothing to it, but it is pretty weird that he picked Wuhan, China for a virus all those years ago. Right. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Totally. Total. Instead, the headline reads, no, he didn't do this because there's negligible differences between the real one and the one he wrote in 1989. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so, Neil, yeah, Dean Kuntz predicted it. <laughs> CNN, what a bunch of Kuntz. See what I did there, Ronnie? <clears throat> okay, here we go. Uh-oh. Oh, oh, boy. This is the one that just came in that we just missed this, this call. This looks bad. Hello, my name is Marty. I'm calling from Massachusetts. I live out in uh, central Massachusetts, and I've got a nice house, and it's got a big backyard, and in the back of the yard, there's woods um, that a lot of the birds, woodpeckers, and whatnot have set up shop, bats, and... Um, Wild, you know, wild turkeys, the whole nine yards are back there. And um, you also have owls, big owls that sit on the branches. Ooh. So, I, you know, I can hear them, and I see them, and they're big, they're large. But the other night I was out there, and, um, I mean, granted, I had smoked a doobie, and it was a big creature it had a huge wingspan and a human body and it had red eyes and uh it 
it took off and it circled around my backyard, making eye contact with me the entire time. <laughs> I was frozen with fear, and then it just literally soared off into uh, you know the realm of outer space. Jesus. So I need to know if, what this is, and um, it, I'm going to say this is your friend. Like <laughs> well, I'll tell you this: he had me, he had me up until um, up until Doobie. Yeah, Doobie. Um, but Ronnie, the owl, the owl has long been associated with UFO experiencers. Could you talk about that? Because that all kidding aside, is uh, a significant connection. Yeah, the, you know, the owl is a symbol of death. It's um, Native Americans uh, re revered the owls, but also within UFO abduction lore, people have talked about seeing owls, uh, almost like a screen memory where uh, in, in place of what that owl actually is, mm. is like a great alien. Mm -hmm. And so the ability to, to shape shift between um, creatures of nature and things like that, but they seem to have this connection to um, UFO abductions, um, the watchers, um, owls are known to be wise creatures. So I don't know, man, it's, it's interesting, but um, I wonder how good that weed was because he was seeing. Sounds like it was pretty good. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, if you see a flying owl, man, uh, going around your, your yard, you're, you're probably smoking the right stuff or the wrong stuff, depending on, <laughs> yeah. on your proclivity. Uh, Ronnie, uh, I think we should probably wrap mm -hmm. things up. Um, yes. Because we've done so much. Here's, here's what, uh, let me just see. I, I, just, I have too many things on my computer. Sorry. Yeah, we have the uh, Factor Falcon that we want to do. Yes, let's the... Factor Falcon and then get out of here. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> and, th and this is this is recent. It's uh, if you want to Google it, if you lost it, it is uh, UFO landing. Yes, Columbia. Yes. Let's uh, play another yeah. round of fact or falcon. <laughs> Thank you, David. I have to get back to my Thank screen you, share. Hang on, stand by. <laughs> All right, I'm trying to produce and uh, 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 be funny and entertaining and wise. Um, okay. Here it is. Factor Falcon, for those of you who haven't played before, you know that we're trying to figure out if something is real or fake. Uh, if it's real, we call it fact. If it's fake, we call it falcon. And here we go. What's weird about this one, Ronnie, is it actually looks like a falcon. Falcon. Here we go. And what, oh, Tallulah, Columbia. We have footage of what looks like a flying saucer landing. So I'm not going to talk about it. Let's look at the footage. We'll have a chat afterwards about it. All right. Hey, I think that's the same guy that just called this. Same dude. That's the same dude. It's Gordy Oliver. Crikey's. I say we have a good talk about it after. <laughs> I'm going to go widescreen for a second. <clears throat> so cell phone footage. Yep. Columbia, this was taken last month in March. And it looks like this winged, almost like a Birdman kind of thing or a craft that Hold just on. has. I'm going to translate yeah. the, the Colombian, the Spanish. Oh, sweet Jesus! Right. Colloquial, yeah, colloquial, <laughs> colloquial, colloquial. <laughs> See that? Colloquial. It's yellow. Gringo doesn't know how to say colloquial. 
<laughs> All right, it's lowering down to the tree line. It literally looked like a, it looks like a winged craft. And it's floating. So what's peculiar with this right off the bat is it's hovering in the air. It's floating. You don't see any type of propulsion, right. any kind of lights. It looks like a winged, like when I say, like, imagine like a, a hawk kind of with its wings outstretched, kind of standing upright. Yes. It, 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 do you know what it kind shape of, to it. Do you know what it kind of looks like right there, Ronnie, as we're looking at this? It looks pretty similar to the NASA feed video. Right? It does, doesn't it? It does. It does. It, wow. it has that same side of, sort of metallic tapered shape, um, almost looks it, like it, a bat, a bat uh, vehicle, like the in, in Batman. Right, right, and, and it, um, it's just I haven't seen too many things uh, craft that look like this, but it has like a lot of these sharp edges, and so a lot of people are, you know, every time now we see these videos, you're gonna think yeah. either a drone or it's CGI. Yes, but this, is, this is pretty unique. And it seems to be in this in this forested area of Colombia that it just you know landed down. Here's what I'm um, going to say: This is a, I'm going to vote fact because yeah, you think so? Yeah, because a I always trust people that speak Spanish. <laughs> B, watch the craft go into the tree line. If if this is CGI, this is very hard to do right here. It actually disappears right. behind trees. Watch it doesn't just now it would disappear if it was CGI. Yeah. I, it keeps going, and then it actually, <laughs> it actually goes behind specific trees. You see that right there? Yes. Like, it yeah. goes behind specific little trees, which, you know, I know That's from my editor friends, is tough to pull off. Not saying it couldn't happen. Look at that. You can see I, it through I, the back of the, the leaves. You can see it through leaves. Oh, my God. See that? Yeah, the slow – oh, wow. So I'm going to say there's something to that, maybe. I, 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 like, I like this. I like it. I, I do. Two um, facts. That hasn't happened in a while. I know, right? <clears throat> now, a lot of our fans don't agree with us. Uh, uh, we, had a, we had a few comments. Uh, Susan says, Falcon. Looks like a large balloon being pulled to the ground. Terry says, Falcon. Another Falcon. <laughs> um, speaking of Falcons, Ronnie... The game itself, as we know, if you're new to Monsterland, came from Mark D'Antonio, who is right. the MUFON expert that they go to to analyze videos. And he actually, we, we had a thing that we thought was really cool, and he said it was a falcon. We thought it was a UFO. He said it was a falcon. Uh, and that's where the game was born. Uh, recently, he poo-pooed a video that we were excited about. Could you talk about that, Ronnie? Uh, which I'm trying to think he, which one. He falconed, actually, um, which one did he falcon? We were pissed. He wrote, you sent me the screen grab of it, of, of his description. Uh, he thought it was fake. Oh, what was it? I, I have an, I have an issue with, with Mark Ooh. and I, I know him personally, um, but he works for the Navy. Hmm. He does a lot of classified work hmm. for the Navy. And so you, so you think I, he, I feel like he, he's part of the, um, no, that wasn't a UFO group. Really? Yes. What? Like whether it's protecting projects that aren't UFOs, but they're U S government projects. Like he's talked about when we had him on, he, he, he was pretty open about saying that we were working on something that people were seeing something shooting out in and out of the water. And it was something we we're working on. We had to tell him 
you know, not UFOs. Otherwise, they're going to keep on showing up. So I feel like whenever there's legitimate cases, he seems to show up and put a stamp on it that it's bullshit. Yes, but, so but if I could play devil's advocate from Mark so that he'll come yeah. on the show again, <laughs> um, uh, he, he did admit to us that he had some very strange encounters, some high strangeness involved with his oh, sighting. So, Of course, but he, what he's doing is he's refuting these big cases that someone like Kim would say, hey, this is legit. This is a real, we don't know what this is. But he seems to be doing a double duty, right? Where, yes, he's connected to this phenomena because he's had experiences and all this. I got it. I got it. It was the, right? it was the video of the moon. Taken. Oh, yes, the three craft. Yes. Right? So some guy out of his um, – he was on Australia, I believe. Multiple UFOs cross the moon and leave shadows. Uh, and, and it's a video that made the rounds big time in our circle of the world. And it's really incredible video of these three craft that look very similar to these craft that we looked at today mm -hmm. coming across the moon, very high speed, obviously based on the crater that they fly over and the size of the shadow they leave. These things would have to be like 10 miles long or, or, or something, right. according to some experts. Uh, a lot of people said this video looked incredibly real. Mark came out and said, for reasons he believes that he detailed in this long message that it was fake, that it was CGI. Like, but who would see? That's the other thing. It's like if 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 this guy is reportedly taking this footage, right, and then he's sharing it, it's something like that. It's pretty tough to kind of. I don't know, man. It's very hard to do. Um, it's very hard to do. Let's weigh in with uh, with our new show expert and see. I see them, and they're big. They're large, but the other night I was out there, and um, I mean, granted, I had smoked a doobie. Oh, okay. So <laughs> apparently, apparently, it was fake. Thank you, new show expert Marty from uh, Massachusetts. Uh. Uh, Ronnie, I want to read this one mail before we go. This one monster mail, regular, good old-fashioned monster mail. Awesome. Because he calls us to task for something that we are definitely guilty of. And I want to talk about it and with that, make a major announcement. So, uh, Producer Dave, if you want to try to find some sort of uh, shitty flute trumpet, trumpet or something in the meantime while I read this email, I wouldn't discourage you from doing that. Um, let me get to the mail. Let me stop this and I'm going to get to the mail, Ronnie. Stand by, please. Because this, what this guy talks about feeds very well into this new... Uh, into this new announcement that we have to make. It's actually a, a accidental segue that this happened to come in at the time we were planning on doing this. Oh shoot, hold on, my email's not working, stand by. Apologies everybody. <laughs> right, that's it, that's what I'm gonna want you to play. Sorry David, uh, look at my email, it's pinwheeling. See it? Ugh. Ronnie, can you get in the monster Gmail? Let me see. Sorry. Technical difficulties, everybody. This is going to happen from time to time. Uh, while Ronnie looks for the monster Gmail, and while uh, hopefully my phone will stop acting up and actually work, um, I'm going to remind you that you can participate in the show by going to all our social media at 
Monsterland Pod is where you can locate us. And also to, don't forget, to pay attention to your local vendors during this pandemic. We're really trying to hammer that home. Go out, get takeout, over tip. Um, do what you have to do to stay safe, obviously. But if you can go out and be a patron of your local restaurants and shops and not go with the big national chains, it would be awesome. Yes, please. Hey, Maddie, since you brought that up. Yes, I'm done vamping. You don't mind me jumping in. We're, we're, offer, we're, offering, we're offering something pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. Any, anyone who owns a small business is uh, invited to come on the Boston Podcast or perhaps other shows and talk about what um, they do. It's free oh publicity God. for anyone who wants it. And then go to, go to pod, yeah, go to pod617.com, click on booking calendar. You can get on my show and just come on, just talk about your business, remind people that you're still out there. That's no, wicked no nice, David. Attached, no fee. Awesome. Why don't you give yourself the announcement horn? All right, let's close this with a little monster mail. Uh, This is from Jeffrey. He's a new fan, Ronnie. And now it's time for monster mail. He says, hi, uh, I'm sort of new to your podcast, although I've been a fan. Big time Oak Island fan from the beginning and have watched Ronnie's on Expedition Bigfoot. Cool. Uh, I'm also new to social media. Actually, I haven't a clue. So I apologize if my request is because I'm ignorant. On the episode with Dr. Mayer, you were talking about a Mount Shasta Bigfoot video with her. Where do we as listeners access this? I've looked for your, on your Facebook page, your Twitter page, and Googled Mount Shasta Bigfoot, but can't seem to find it. Also, in a later episode, you were talking about a video from a security guy who worked at a cemetery and was having paranormal experiences in the mausoleum and in the chapel. I searched on YouTube on the name Maddie gave, but did not find it. You often talk about books or pictures or videos that you post, but I have trouble finding them. Again, is there a place where you post this? So that is my request. Any help you could give me. Um, and he goes on to say how we are great together and, and he can't find these videos. And um, he talks about the Bob Gimlin film. But the, the point he brings up mm. is great. And that is this. Um, sometimes, Jeffrey, what you're experiencing is because we do post something, but then we, all, we, we take these things down sometimes because it's been weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks that go by or some cases months and it's a new season and we don't want to clog up the feed. Like a lot of the things we talked about on this episode in probably a month or two, Ronnie might go back and take some of them down just because it gets very full with stuff. But, but, but also what's happening is that we (laughs) are doing this alone. Producer David's doing this alone. We don't pay producer David and Ronnie and I don't make any money off this thing. And so we're all doing the best we can, but things definitely do slip through the cracks. We say, oh, yeah, we'll post that, and we don't. For example, the wonderful Adori app, which is phenomenal. Uh, and this has come up from some other friends of mine. They go like, hey, this interactive experience you keep talking about, I went on, yeah. to, I went on to have this interactive experience, and it was just like a one picture with you guys, and I clicked on it, and nothing happened. That is 100% me and Ronnie's fault. That is not a Dory. <laughs> a Dory is an incredible app, uh, which is very interactive. And we are proud and honored to be working with them through David, through David's relationship with them. But it falls upon me and Ronnie to post this stuff and to stay on top of it. We do the best right. we can, um, but stuff slips through the cracks all the time. So to that end, we have a solution. All right, David, time for the uh, horn. Yes, sir. <laughs> now it's time for the. 
<laughs> All right. Please Here hold is for the our horn. big announcement, everybody, a Monsterland exclusive. <laughs> we are going to launch, excuse me, well, we've made it. We haven't launched it. Um, I'm going to share the screen one more time, Ronnie, here for those people that are watching this, because we'll probably put this video on this very said thing that we're about to announce. Um, stand by while I do this. We are launching a Patreon page. Yay! So we have built it. Um, we haven't actually launched it. It is built. I'm going to go to that page right now for those of you who are watching on the video screen. Uh, we are going to allow you listeners, I said it day one, Ronnie, and I meant it, you know, uh, we're never going to charge for this podcast. However, if you want extras, if you want more, you can donate. Uh, you can basically become a Patreon, get on Patreon and join us. We have three levels, three membership levels, Monster, Mega Monster, and Monumental Monster, Ronnie. Um, and nice. what we're going to do is we're going to put all these things that we talk about, um, a lot of them, and we're going to put them on our Patreon page. And it's going to be like members-only access to special things that we talk about. Also, we're going to give you shout-outs, exclusive content, bonus episodes, access to monster merchandise like Ronnie's book, um, those T-shirts we made up. Uh, we will do specialized monster trivia games with prizes only for people that are Patreon fans. Um, if you join the top tier, the Monumental Monster, we will do a private AMA with you. You can appear on the show with us. Um, plus everything that's in the other tier. So what we're going to do, Jeffrey, is to make sure that nothing slips through the cracks, we're going to slap a lot of stuff on this Patreon page as extra content. And um, we would love you to participate. We wanted to give you fans, uh, you monsters, you real monsters, a chance to go another level and have fun with us. Ronnie, I'm very excited about this. This is new for us. This is great. <clears throat> this is great stuff, and I think it's going to um, keep us – uh, being creative too, creating new content and some fun things to share. So this is sweet. Holla at your boys with a dollar. <laughs> I am so sorry. I just read that. I am really sorry. Um, so this is exciting. It's, it's something that I knew about, but uh, you know, quite frankly, didn't, didn't think about it for us, but you know, Bigfoot collectors club, the podcast you're on Ronnie, they do it. Every other podcast seems to do it. Poor David slaving away for us. Uh, <laughs> not making a dime. We don't make a dime. So this is a way we can, you know, actually put some, because the, the truth of the matter is the podcast actually costs us all money. You know, it, it's right. an investment. We, these things aren't free, you know, just to platform the podcast isn't free. So if we can put a little bit of our effort back into the podcast and feel like we're getting something from the effort, like this is a team thing and, and we'll be able to invest more time into it and give you guys that extra content that you're so craving. Um, because quite frankly, I would love to just do this. <laughs> oh my love, God. Love to focus more so time on the podcast. Be. Wouldn't it be? Totally. It'd be awesome. It's both our passion. Um, so we just want to, yes, sir. David, <laughs> you are, uh, I mean, God, we couldn't have done this without you. Yes. David is right with us and, uh, we'll all wet our beaks. You guys will get extra content Wet your beaks with some merch and other things that you can only get by being part of our Patreon page. So Jeffrey, thank you for the kick in the ass that we needed so very much. <laughs> we were working on this Patreon page when you uh, 
sent that message, but I figured what a great way to announce it, use that as an impetus. Cause I know he's not the only one. I know people have gone on to say like, well, wait a second. They talked about this. Where is it? And again, that's just, right. that's our fault. But you know, if, if people are Patreon page members and they're uh, monsters or mega monsters or monumental monsters, we give them that content that can only get there. And I just found out about something, Ronnie, that I want to do for people who sign up on our Patreon page. Uh, I'm going to do it with Oak Island, but I want to do it with us. It's a trivia <clears throat> contest. You can play a trivia game. People will have it on their phones and we can do paranormal trivia contests with prizes and all people oh, have to I do. Care. Right. And they just have to be members on our Patreon page. We'll make it exclusive for members and we'll play paranormal trivia games and all kinds of different games. And we, it's all monitored on your phone. They don't have to pay for it. We run it. And um, we can do these games and, and just have a blast. So let's take this thing to the next level. What do you say, monsters? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, Ronnie, you're a great guest. Thank you, sir. You're a great host. Would you come on next week? Um, I got plans. <laughs> <laughs> David, we got to get another guest. <laughs> <laughs> nowhere to go but up no, um, alright thank you everybody we love you uh, keep the messages coming uh, we will announce when we actually literally launch this Patreon page that you're looking at now if you're watching the video that I'm scrolling through uh, we're going to actually launch it we'll announce that on our social media please join if you are so inclined to get that awesome content and to get more access to Ronnie and I and our shows and everything we work on so for producer Dave, for Ronnie LeBlanc, I'm Matty Blake. There he is. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. The quarantine edition. We'll do it again next week. Stay safe, everybody. And remember, stay monstrous. Thank you for joining us on the Monsterland Podcast. If you or someone you know has an experience to share, or if you have questions, you can reach us at monsterlandreport at gmail.com. Find us on social media at Monsterland Pod. Until we meet again in Monsterland. Yeah.